talking about Zanzibar, I know yeah. you mentioned that the owners wanted it to be like the most well-known um, black establishment in Cleveland. Uh, the the reasoning or what he said to me during the interview was Lancer Steakhouse was a really famous steakhouse in Cleveland. This is a big deal. This is like being like the Academy Awards of food. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, if you were to categorize it. But I feel like even just once you make it to the semi. Once you make the semifinalist, it's a pretty big deal. Yeah. Basically, the way it works is you go, you check in and you get points for, for being there, for buying something. It could be merchandise, could be food, could be a drink, doesn't have to be I'm Josh Duke. And I'm Alex Darris. And you're either listening to or watching Dine, Drink, Cleat, the podcast, where each and every week we are going to be joined by Cleveland.com's best and brightest food experts, insiders, and influencers. And it's February, a.k.a. Black History Month. So you know we've got a lot of Black-owned restaurants to sort of talk to you about. And there's some other pretty big news that we should probably not miss as well. Yeah, you could say a James Beard Award nomination is pretty big news, especially for us foodies. Um, so, but before we get started, we're here joined here by Paris Wolf, fellow food reporter on Welcome the Dine Drink Clee team, and we're talking about. Um, well, let's kick it off with Black History Month. So, black-owned restaurants. Do we have favorites? What are your favorites, Josh? Yeah, I mean, around Cleveland, there's 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 a lot. You know, it's a pretty good city for black-owned restaurants. I think uh, for me, one that really stands out is uh, one that's kind of down the street. It's really low-key. I don't think anybody knows about it, but it's in Garfield Heights. Uh, it's called It's a Must Cafe. It's mm-hmm. a Must 21 Plus Cafe. I'm not really... It's That naming convention is something like that. It's no, a I, must was, I was struggling that when I was writing about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, they kind of offer a lot of really cool street food. So like um, hot Cheeto, um, dusted corn, um, hot Cheeto... Chicken wings, like a lot of loaded um, nachos type of thing. So a lot of really cool um, specialized uh, specialty items and a lot of loaded like uh, alcohol infused like brownies, popcorn. I was going to say, don't they have booze infused popcorn? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) That's where the 21 plus comes in, I suppose. But yeah, they're they're really good. It's um, it's ran and owned and operated by uh, a black couple. And I believe that they started off as some kind of a mobile um, version of what they do now. Yeah, like a pop-up situation. Yeah, 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 that's awesome. No, that's a good one, especially people don't know. I think I have a few as well. I think in the past couple of years, Roaming Biscuit has become a favorite of mine for breakfast. Their biscuits are so good. Mm. They're all homemade. I know we talked about the Fairfax market last week, and I know you can buy it at a lot of different local markets. Um, They're frozen biscuits to bake mm-hmm. and stuff. But also recently I did a story about uh, Zanzibar, which has been in downtown and Shaker Square for years now, probably almost two decades. Um, but recently it was repurchased by the original owner, Akeen Africa. He sold the business in 2018 after he actually uh, was a victim of a shooting mm. in the back of the restaurant. It was an attempted robbery and he was in the wrong place at the wrong time. Mm. And uh, But He's kind of, the opportunity fell in his lap. The new owners were going to resell it and he didn't want to see Zanzibar go down. And it's it's very significant because he wants it to be the biggest, well-known, black-owned, soul food mm-hmm. restaurant in Cleveland. So it's really exciting to see him come back and bring new life into this restaurant that's been around. So yeah, Paris, what about you? Do you have any exciting or a favorite black-owned restaurant or maybe a new one that's Come up, opening um, up soon? Recently, I reported on Sunset Kitchen, which is opening up in University Circle next to 
the uh, subway and the parking, which is always important in that part of town, is behind the restaurant and it's only a dollar an hour. Um, mm. The person who's opening it is going to be doing, Charles Hansford is going to be doing a lot of different kinds of food, um, trying to span the gamut for um, ethnic foods. Yeah, mm. so like global cuisine yes. kind of, yeah, cool. Yeah. That, sounds, that sounds pretty good. Um, but talking about Zanzibar, I know yeah. you mentioned that the owners wanted it to be like the most well-known um, black establishment in Cleveland. And I'm trying to think, like, have they not already accomplished, accomplished that? Can we think of? Well, the, the, the reasoning or what he said to me during the interview was Lancer Steakhouse was a really famous steakhouse in Cleveland. Mm -hmm. Um, they had multiple locations. I think the last one closed sometime in the two thousands, if not the 2010s. Uh, so he just wants to beat that. He's like longevity wise, mm -hmm want to do that. But also, I mean, he, he's, he's very interesting to talk to as an owner because he's very blunt. Like he reads every review, good and bad. And he knows that maybe over the past couple of years, the service or the consistency, those are two things that he's focusing on now with Zanzibar have been off a little bit, but there's still life there because the food is so great. People go there. Mm -hmm. And so now he's brought in a whole new management team. He brought back his original chef uh, who had retired after he sold the Zanzibar in 2018 and just kind of trying to bring it back and better and re-up the reputation again and just outlive Lancers is his big, his big thing. But it was really interesting too, because he talked about it. Like if you go to other big cities like Atlanta or, or Baltimore or, mm. or LA, New York, they have like 300 Zanzibars, but here, especially for soul food, it's kind of, you have to seek it out a little bit. And especially Zanzibar has become a good well-known name in the area so yeah i'm trying to think about like good soul food spots and i can't really think of many well actually the owner um akeen africa his mother is angie of angie soul cafe mm. which has been around in cleveland uh I, I know that they're still in the family there and they're pretty well known um i remember there was like what was the one place hot sauce williams did you ever mm -hmm. go there mm -hmm. that was like a a famous cleveland kind of soul food wings, that kind of thing. But they're closed. That was a bummer. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, but um, another one that I really like in Legacy Village, have you guys have ever heard of Black Box Fix? I've heard of it. Yes, yes. I've heard it's amazing. It is amazing. Um, it, they, once again, I guess I have a thing for like these loaded, like really crazy, like sandwiches and, and like really unhealthy, like street food. Like type junk deals. food yeah, turned yeah, into yeah, 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 upscale yeah. cuisine. They, exactly. Exactly. It, you know what? That's exactly right. <laughs> and they offer like really great sandwiches. Like there's this, um, I think they call it like a, a marijuana. It's, it's not marijuana, but they put, they put some kind of name to it that was like weed-esque. I don't remember. Because it's all food a stoner yeah, would come yeah, yeah, up exactly. with. Exactly. <laughs> I think it was like a stoner sandwich. I think that's yeah. what it was called or something. It's just loaded with all different types of seafood and Ooh. it's, it's, it's just so good. There's so many. Yeah, really no, that's food. on my list. Yeah. Like, cause, um, I'm working on a list for Cleveland.com. It'll probably be out by this podcast, but, uh, I think I found over 60 black owned restaurants or, or food kind of adjacent businesses because mm -hmm. there's bakeries. There's uh, one person I know Paris also spoke with recently, um, the Wake Robin company owned by Ismael Samad. Um, they make fermented foods, but I know he's also working on a chocolate factory, right, Paris? Can you tell he us a little is, bit about he that? Is. He's working on developing a chocolate factory in East Cleveland, and he is bringing in the raw materials and making chocolate and going to be selling them at a new cafe that he's going to be opening. 
and some of the other smaller boutique places around town. Yeah. And his whole like ethos, I guess, or philosophy of business is like he has a passion for the food. He has a, a really big about zero waste and stuff like that. But the biggest thing is bringing economic development to East Cleveland. So mm. he he hires everybody like who's from East Cleveland. He uses a lot of urban farms, which kind of sounds crazy because they're making so much sauerkraut and pickles and stuff like that. But a lot of it comes from East Cleveland urban farms and stuff. So he even has an urban farm where he's growing herbs for teas that he's going to be using in the cafe. Um, his whole idea is as they develop the part of East Cleveland that bumps up against Cleveland is to be inclusive and not push people out, but include the neighborhood that exists there now. So yeah, he's quite I mean, a community and food activist. Oh, for sure. He's very interesting. And I mean, I've tried some of the Wake Robin pickles and sauerkraut. They're delicious. And I'm sure the chocolate's going to be really good. Yeah, I did try the chocolate that they had um, done as a prototype. It's amazing. Yeah, that yeah. would be awesome. Delicious. Tough job. Well, Alex, it sounds like your story is going to give people a lot of options to explore throughout the duration of Black History Month. Uh, can't mm. wait till it comes out. I feel like someone should go on like a food tour uh, using your list or something. Because yeah. yeah, no, even just like if you wanted to do just the soul food spots mm -hmm. or just like the Black-owned bakeries or something like that. Because there is, I mean, it's great to see that the number is growing in Cleveland. Like like Akeen said of Zanzibar, the other cities, there are so many own, Black-owned restaurants with all this cuisine and stuff. But Cleveland, it's slowly growing. Yeah. So. And I think Paris mentioned this earlier, but like where where would you say that these are kind of like located? Is it just downtown or is it around? I think a lot of downtown and the like immediate um, suburbs around downtown, mm -hmm. it probably could span a little bit more um, into the suburbs. Like there's a lot of room for growth there, I think. Uh, but yeah, I think... Whether you live on the east side, the west side, or you're more south towards Akron, like there's something on the list close to your house. So, well, if we miss something, let us know. Yeah, us please write in um, to dining at cleveland.com, our email, and let us know your favorite black owned restaurant. So, yeah, we, we'd love to check them out. Yeah. yeah. So, in other food news, very big food news, Cordelia, uh, Chef Vinny. Chimino. He is a semi-finalist in the James Beard Awards. And Paris, I know you spoke with Chef Vinny recently. Want to tell us a little bit about, about that and what's going on? Well, as a semi-finalist, he is the only one in Cleveland. Um, there's two in Columbus and three in Cincinnati that represent the um, Great Lakes region that are semi-finalists and then they go on and the finalists are going to be announced on April 3rd and then the awards will be um, announced on June 10th. But this is a big deal. This is like being like the Academy Awards of food. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, if you were to categorize it. Do you know how many, once it goes down from semi-finalist to finalist, like are they cutting that list in half, pretty much. Or I wonder I how much. Yeah, I do wonder. But I feel like even just once you make it to the semi, once you make the semifinalist, it's a pretty big deal. Yeah. Yeah. So I know you said it's like the Academy Awards of Foods, but so getting this recognition, what is sort of the criteria? How do you get on the shortlist? Like, what are they judging it on? They're judging it on not just your culinary and service, like you would imagine, but also on your management skills and your team building and your um, participation in the community. Yeah, I think like, I mean, I haven't looked at all of the semifinalists, but I'm sure like with such a, a push for like farm to table and stuff like Cordelia, if you go there and eat on the back of the menu, it says 
where they get every single ingredient on the menu and they're all from around here. So I feel like that kind of is oh, not to say even the tables and the chairs. Oh yeah. The, the, who, are, who did the um, contract work all restaurant. That's on the back of the menu. Yeah. No. So. And, and that's probably like, I, again, I don't know the criteria, but I feel like that has to be a huge part is, too. I think so too. Yeah, and when I talked to Vinny, he was in Florida speaking at the um, certified Angus beef convention. So he didn't even know right away that he won until the PR person called wow. him screaming. And he was kind of surprised. I, like, yeah, I just wonder how that the process of them going out to investigate to see who is going to be their 2024, you know, shortlist nominee winners, you know, so they, yeah. I think it's a lot of people. Like, I think it's almost like putting it with the Academy Awards where there's this, what are they, the Academy, I guess they call it, like mm -hmm. all the actors and producers and stuff vote on it. I'm sure it's like a huge pool of chefs and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, but a secret. They, yeah, well, let's speculate. Do you think they like show up to each place like undercover? Like, hey, I'm just I'm slightly, you know, important. But hey, don't mind me. I'm going to just like look at your tablecloths and <laughs> your service. I know, I know. Well, yeah, they probably I mean, if they do. I would assume they're going to the restaurants, but yeah, they probably don't announce it. Cause I mean, even as reporters, if we, not that we do food reviews, but you were supposed to be like, no, I'm just a regular <laughs> customer. Cause you want, you don't want you the know. special <laughs> treatment. You want to be able to write about or express like what the average person's experience is going to be. So, yeah. so sorry. Um, do you think that um, another, it sounds like another reason it might be such a big deal. There's not many Clevelanders on the list. You said it was only only, only Cordelia. He's the only Clevelander on the list this year. Right. So in the past, have any Clevelanders or Cleveland restaurateurs won? Or? We had three that were nominated last year. Um, we had um, Brandon Kurstowski from Edwin's. And then Jeremy Umansky and his wife, Allie Lavelle Umansky from Larder were all nominated. Yeah. Did they none none of you didn't they didn't get to the semifinalists. That's why they like, were semifinalists. Mm -hmm. But even being nominated is mm -hmm. like, I mean, if you which I don't blame them, but like every everyone who gets nominated, you see in their Instagram bio, it's like James Beard Award nomination. Uh, yeah, like right. I would yeah. do it too, because yeah. The front window. It's everywhere. Yeah. Well, I know Paris mentioned uh some nominees last year, but I know big Cleveland chefs like Michael Simon has won it before. Jonathan Sawyer, who owned Greenhouse Tavern, which is where Vinny uh, was working at before opening Cordelia. He won it, I think, in 2015. So, hmm. yeah, there's been some Cleveland representation, but especially, I, I think, because he's kind of a newer restaurant owner, right? This is his first right, restaurant. Right. And like, he's kind of buzzy. He chaired the um, the uni um, University Hospital fundraiser last year. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I feel like those other, like Michael Simon and Jonathan Sawyer, they kind of became like the Cleveland celebrity chefs, and it's like mm -hmm. he... Since he's so new, people don't know him like that. But now it's like he—it's he, going to get him to that level. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I mean, it seems like he's one of those people who's really just worked a lot and kind of—he did work with a lot of people around um, Northeast Ohio. He spent six years with Ken Stewart in Akron, mm -hmm. and he did not go to culinary school. Wow. He earned his chops mm -hmm. by coming up through the ranks, starting waiting tables and moving into salads and just yeah. moving up and trying to learn as much as he could from a lot of well-known Cleveland chefs who have a lot of experience and knowledge to share. Yeah. And it seemed like when the opportunity for the restaurant came, it's like he was really thoughtful. Like yes. all of them are very thoughtful yes. about it there. Like you can just tell it's like a very elevated experience. Like you said, from to the tables that are, they, they care about that they come from the region to the menu items, you know? I mean, you would think, cause especially like thinking about it, 
Lola was such a institution in the Cleveland culinary world because it was Michael Simon's place and everything. So mm-hmm. in theory, I'm sure people were like, oh, I wonder what's going to fill those shoes. And I'm sure they didn't imagine it was going to be such a big hit, you know? <laughs> That's what Vinny said when I talked to him. He said that he thought they would take a while and it just caught on immediately. I think it's, it's revitalized get, that street. It's tough to get a reservation. Oh, really? Yeah. No. Well, especially now. Yeah. Impossible. Yeah. No, I would love to go for brunch. You went for the first time this weekend? I went Friday. Yeah. And you um, like you... I had the smoked trout dip, the farmer's um, cheese. And then my favorite was the chicharrones. And they were covered with zatard and honey dust. Mm. They were so good. Now I've had, um, they have fried chicken. I, I can't remember if it's a sandwich or what, but it comes with Kool-Aid pickles and they're bright green pickles, but they're so good. <laughs> I wanted to try that, but I was so full because the servings were pretty generous. Mm. Oh yeah. I mean, especially I would say for a high-end being like a high-end restaurant in Cleveland, one of the buzziest, mm-hmm. I would. I think it's pretty We reasonable. went in with a plan. My friend and I went in with a plan to order the, you can buy the uh, starters as um, one for 10, three for 25, and on and on. So we thought we'd start with three and then we'd order um, entrees and we didn't get past the starters. Yeah. Mm. No, it's, it's, I, I really want to go for brunch too, because I'm sure that's delicious there. So is there anybody who didn't get the recognition that we maybe think should have or should in the future? Cleveland has so many great places. Yeah, I think this year, too, maybe, like, I think it, it it's the timing is right because Cordelia, they had the over a little over a year now to gear up and stuff. But I could see just from some of these, like, people I've interviewed and talked to um, just it, I, in a year, who knows? I wouldn't be surprised if they mm. were nominated because of how they're elevating the Cleveland food scene, you know? Mm. And now we're joined with Mark Bona, who's going to talk to us a little bit about the Cleveland Brewery Passport. So, hi, Mark. Hi, Alex. Yeah. So, what's going on? Brewery Passport, that sounds like everyone's, every beer lover's dream. So <laughs> It is. It's kind of wild because I was thinking about this when I wrote the story that I had done a story, it seems like yesterday, but it probably was 10 years ago, about a beer trail in New Orleans. And at the time, there were no brewery passports, no beer trails, nothing in the state of Ohio. And now Ohio has really exploded with them. And this is really one of the biggest and best organized. So this comes from Destination Cleveland. Hmm. It is all digital, of course, Cleveland Brewery Passport. Uh, they have become very popular. Uh, Summit has one. Medina has one. There's there's several throughout the state. This is a good one. 43 different breweries, all in or very close to Cuyahoga County. The one common denominator is they are all within 30 miles of downtown Cleveland. That's pretty good. Very, very simple thing. This is really a promotional event. This is a way to get people out to experience breweries because some of them are very well known, very large and in the middle of the city. Others are kind of like in small neighborhoods. They're kind of quiet and you have to know to get there. And the yeah. beer heads mm-hmm. really like that, but they, their business is a little slower uh, for them than maybe some of the other ones. Well, and I'm so, sure this time of the year too, when you don't have the brew garden play outside. Exactly. Yeah. You don't have the patios to enjoy. You don't have other events going on. So uh, it's a way to get people out and enjoy it. And it's a really good mix. Now they've added a few this year. Um, uh, Midnight Owl in uh, Shaker Heights recently opened from Joel Warger. He's part of this. 
uh, Tricky Tortoise and Willoughby will be part of it when oh. they're opened, and uh, uh, Pompidus and Chagrin Falls and several others. Mm. So it's it's pretty neat. I mean, I found on the list, I, I think there were four in Chagrin Falls all the way to the east. There's one in Mentor. There is uh, There are several out west, Avon, North Ridgeville, uh, Amherst, that whole area as well. Mm. So it's a fun thing. Basically, the way it works is you go, you check in, and you get points for for being there, for buying something. It could mm-hmm. be merchandise, could be food, could be a drink, doesn't have to be beer. You get, you accumulate points. Some of these places will give you discounts uh, for- Oh, that's mm, nice to know. <laughs> right there, just for showing up. But uh, Destination Cleveland will allow you to, if you hit all of them, you get certain prizes. There's there's a multitude of different prizes. Mm-hmm. There's a t-shirt and a beer glass and a few other things. Is there a time you're supposed to do it with it? There is. It, you have to finish it. I want to say it goes right up until the end of the year. I want to mm-hmm. say it's like December 31st. It's oh, something that's cool. You have the whole year. And that's the neat thing. You're not, uh, it's not, it shouldn't be a pressured deadline mm-hmm. thing for yeah. anyone. This should be fun. This should be, if you feel like going out saying with your friends, hey, we haven't hit this brewery, let's do that. I have a friend who loves this. He swears by it. He and his buddies go every weekend. They hit a different place. And it gets them out, too, to see other pockets mm-hmm. of the city. So Cleveland Brewery Passport, back up and running, 43 different breweries, and and uh, it's a fun one. Yeah, that sounds like a great way to beat the winter blues. Like mm-hmm. Especially starting it now, you can go and try new places and stuff like that. Yeah, I like um, I kind of like how they're gamifying it a little bit. So yeah. like a lot of times in, in a lot of these video games like Fortnite, they literally incentivize the children to keep playing. You play a match, you get points, you get points, you get points, and you get rewards, you know, a skin yeah. or whatever, a Fortnite skin. And so like it's kind of it kind of sounds like the same concept, but with beers and yeah. going around Cleveland. So I kind of like that. I think it's very smart in terms of marketing that, you know, it's adult yeah. adult gaming. Well, I was going <laughs> to say, yeah, healthier gets you out, but I guess you're still drinking beer, but it's like... Yeah. <laughs> The grand prizes in this are pretty good, though. You get mm. a lot of gift cards to these breweries, that so would, yeah. you can keep going back and get an even steeper discount. But, you know, Josh, you're right. It is gamifying. I like that word. Uh, and it's it's just fun. You know, the prizes aren't like winning a car or mm-hmm. anything like that, but it gives you a little bit of an incentive. And, and like you said, Alex, it, this time of year, especially for the next couple of months, it is kind of so-so weather. This kind of gets you out, gives you a reason to yeah. get out. For sure. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about more about the prizes that they're offering for this? And, you know, I don't, I don't know how that works. So you, you basically accumulate points, you check mm-hmm. in completely digital. I remember when this started, these passports were still, you had these little booklets and you actually mm-hmm. got stamps. stamps. Now <laughs> it's entirely, mm-hmm. uh, entirely digital. The Ohio Craft Brewers Association also has one as well. Uh, but some of the prizes, I mean, there's a t-shirt, there's a a bottle opener, mm. there's beer glass, there's several other things. And then the grand prizes, like I said, involved a lot of different gift cards to these places mm. as well. And for the grand prize, you would have to, I assume, go to all 40 you go to all 43 and then you get entered you get a you get a pin for that and then you also get entered into uh, a drawing for one of the grand prizes mm-hmm. and i i can't remember how many there are but there are several of that as well mm-hmm. so they've been doing this for years right this is the fifth annual year just for destination cleveland's cleveland brewery mm-hmm. passport i think medina started up just a few years ago summit has been doing this a little bit longer i want to say and they also reach into medina and portage and i think even Stark. So we really have, I mean, Northeast Ohio has so many great breweries and 
I almost all of them are touching one of these passport programs. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And it's like, like you said, there's so many. And if they're not in the main roads, you might not even know they're there. So it gets you a great way to try new things. And stuff. Yeah, it's kind of like beer crawls, but like all the way through the year. Yeah. Yeah. And with bonuses and awards for participating. Yeah, if you I think like about that, it, yeah. 43, if you have... 10 weekends mm -hmm. or basically that you're doing other stuff. You could go to one every weekend for the whole year. Yeah. That's a good way to look at yeah. it. And, yeah. and it's just so, I just think it's so casual and that's what I like about it. It's not anything where, Oh my God, it doesn't stress you out and it shouldn't stress mm -hmm. you out. And it's a way to get you out. And, you know, and we're talking about this because, okay, we talk about food and drink, but really beer is an economic driver in this state. We have way over 400 breweries that's a lot of jobs, it's a lot of beer, and it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for watching this episode of the Dine Drink Clee podcast. Make sure to follow, like, and subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or whatever podcast platform you prefer. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Dine Drink Clee and sign up for our newsletter at cleveland.com slash newsletters. Thank you.